Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? How's it going? What's happening? We're not going to live forever. God damn it. We're not going to live forever. I, who would want to live forever? It seems tiring, exhausting. Uh, I'll talk more about me in a second. I do want to take a second to say that Hong Chow uh, is on the show. Now, she's an actress. She's our final Oscar nominee prior to the awards being given out on March 12th. She's nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Whale. She's also uh, been in uh, Inherent Vice, Downsizing, The Watchmen series, Homecoming, and The Menu. And I think someone is, uh, has been pestering me, saying a couple people were saying, did I see Driveways? I did not. But I've seen a couple of these, and I enjoy talking to her. Uh, it was a different kind of conversation. I'm not sure I've ever spoken to someone who was on a boat in her mother's stomach being shot at as they escaped Vietnam. And her father was shot and survived. This is a first for that type of interview. Also, I've been going to the gym a lot. Usually I used to hike up the mountain, but I don't even know what's left of that trail at this point. This raining has been amazing. No complaining about the raining, Los Angeles. I've had to shut some fucking people down, man. People are like, all right, this rain. I'm like, yep, it's amazing. Better than fire, shut up. Better than fire, keep your, your hole shut. Stop complaining. The reservoirs are up. I can't do my, my drought chunk anymore. Like, and then there's, you know, of course, scientists are like, well, you know, take it easy. We're not out of the woods. But reservoirs, I don't know about Lake Mead. You know, I haven't heard any, about anything turning up there lately. But a couple of the other ones are doing pretty well, which is good news. Makes me less freaked out for a little while. But I've been going to the gym because it's been raining. And it's, I'd forgotten what gym culture is like. Not just so much culture, but just by going every day. You don't know anybody at the gym, but you see them every day uh, that you go, a lot of them the trainers, the people who are regulars. And I know very few people. And I spend a lot of time in the treadmill. But so I'm at the gym every day. And I'm on the treadmill and I'm looking out over the expanse of the gym. And, um, and you just see these people every day. And all you can do is just sort of look at them and speculate. I don't know what other people do. I mean, I'm listening to music. I'm minding my own business. But you're looking at these people 
You're watching them work out. You're seeing what they wear every day. You're wondering about their lives. And I, I'm not in a fancy area. There's no big, uh, it's not like a, a, a scene. I mean, you know, some people dress up and you, you start to notice like, oh, there's that lady again. There, here's the weirdest thing is the gym manager. And it's not bad, but I mean, <laughs> I think the woman who runs the gym is always walking around in literally six inch heels, which is, I don't know. I'm not saying it's distracting. It's just odd gym attire. I, I'm, I'm not complaining, but I'm like, does she work out here? Or is this like, <laughs> does she, I don't know. Literally six inch heels of different kinds. And I notice that not in a fetishy way or not in a pervy way. I'm just noticing things. I'm noticing certain trainers. I notice when they get haircuts and you start to wonder about people's lives and you kind of speculate about people's lives. And, you know, you see their people there and you're like, wow, this guy, he's working hard. I hope he, I hope he is able to, to get rid of some of that. Or, you know, oh, th this lady is, uh, like, a, she must be a professional athlete of some kind. Or, oh, this guy with that, you know, after a certain age, you shouldn't really be growing those kind of beards. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't braid your beard in your 50s, or maybe that's the only time you can braid them. Nonetheless, I just sit around making up lives or wondering what people are like without ever talking to them. And you're seeing them working out, fairly vulnerable. If you, you know, if you, you gotta be careful though, when you're at the gym, that you're not just like locked in um, one or two people. And then when they look over, even for a second, you're like, you have to look away because you've been busy building a life for them in your head. And, uh, and oddly, there's no real celebrity presence uh, at my gym. It's not odd. You know, I don't live in that part of town, but uh, Bobby Cannavale works out at my gym. And so like, you know, one day I'm just sitting there looking at people and I'm like, holy shit, that, I bet you that guy is uh been in some pretty big movies. I bet you that guy has uh, worked with Robert De Niro. That's what I think that guy did. He's one of those guys. Hey, there he is. What are you doing? How you doing? Yeah, right. You know, it's like talking to Bobby Cannavale is like taking a trip to New York. So I always enjoy seeing him at the gym because that means I can go to New York for ten minutes. We've had conversations again. I'm not. This is not name dropping. Look, I, I also see my realtor at the gym, the guy who sold me this house. Um, uh, Chris, he's one of the guys that, you know, said like this weather. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do this weather with you. We should be nothing but grateful that it's fucking raining. Nothing but grateful. Okay. So Hong Chao is here. As I said before, final Oscar nominee that we're talking to. She's nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars for her performance in The Whale. And um, I had a nice conversation with her. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare 
something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. I saw a coming attraction for this Kelly Reichardt movie, and it, it sort of changed my life. Oh. Just the trailer. Oh, good. Like, I don't know if I really sort of identified her as the auteur that she is. Like, I'd seen a couple mm-hmm. of the movies, yeah. like, years ago. But there's something about the trailer. I haven't seen the movie yet, and it's killing me because I want it. And I, I want to see it. And I want to talk to her. But just the trailer, it, it, it nailed something so specific that I was like, oh, my God. Who the fuck is this? Who's this director? And I watched all of her movies in like a week. Yeah. And I and I'd seen and that's a bleak week. But I'd seen <laughs> a bl- <laughs> Oh. Okay. <laughs> Kinda. I mean, you know, like you're not gonna walk away from Wendy and Lucy feeling good. That's true. You're not gonna that's walk true. away from first cow, you know, like, you know, with a happy feeling. Well, I don't know. I I, I laughed during first cow. Of course, a yeah. Bit, There's funny in all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but the the, but yeah, the strain the, of the relationship mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the not it's oh so working with her what do you play? Uh, I play a character named Joe who's a a friend and sort of competing artist. What with, kind of what what's your medium? Um, I do large installation art. <laughs> now, yeah. and and because, see, look, I, I dated a painter for years, mm-hmm. so there. What struck me about it, and I don't know the movie, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about it, is that there's a self-importance to a, a level of artist that is necessary in order for them to go on believing. Yeah. And and I thought that, that just in the trailer, I'm like, oh, my God, she nailed that. And there's something painfully hilarious about it. Mm-hmm. Right? I think you're going to love showing up, Mark. <laughs> I think this is... This is my movie? It's your movie. And did you, were you aware of that when you were doing it? No, I actually don't know a lot about. There were there were a couple of things um, in the script that I had to have explained to me. Yeah. Um, I I I shadowed Michelle Segre. Uh, that's the artist whose work I I pretend is mine yeah. in the movie. Uh-huh. And there were some little things in there that were so specific to artists yeah. coming up and what was important to them that I wasn't aware of and I had to have it explained to me and I thought oh okay so in those instances I tried to find what the equivalent would be with acting oh know? yeah and what'd you find um I get it all of those little small milestones that mean nothing to other people but is such a big deal when you're coming up and, yeah. and you're just trying to collect those little you know badges and, yeah, and, and right. stickers and yeah and yeah, you can really get worked up about that stuff. So you had to put all that in place for a uh, uh, an installation artist mm-hmm. who does these because my ex did stuff like that. She's very she does on site oh. art like in, in, and but she's also a painter. But I remember those things and those are those weird things that they only happen they happen in order to get photo documentation or else they they don't exist in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. Something that Michelle uh, Segre pointed out uh, was how much Instagram has changed things for artists uh-huh. in terms of um, 
because self-promotion is so important now to, to your own survival. And, and, and it sort of affects how she thinks about her yeah. art because she can already start picturing how it's going to look on Instagram. Right. Wow. <laughs> and she hates that she starts thinking that way right. about it. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think that's a problem for us all. <laughs> it is, right? I mean, I don't... I'm, I think I'm, like, starting to get old enough to not give a shit mm-hmm. about certain things. Or you reach... Not not just age, but you reach a certain level of comfort in your career where you feel like... I guess so. Yeah. But, like, there... But even with that, there there's always that horrible part of you that wants more. No? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you hopefully you, see, you kill that that side of you. Um. Well, right, but it's a slow death for me. I think it's not it's not happening overnight. But like, uh, yeah, they have that. So, but when when you were researching this thing, like, what were the analogies that you found in your own career as as these points of like, what do you remember about the first thing that gave you the the idea that you were in going in the right direction? That I was going in the right direction. Um, the first reward, the first piece, was it like a commercial? Was it like what? How? How? I don't know what. Yeah. How? How you judge your acting career? Honestly, for me, I think it was a play that I did um, called John. Actually, it's the only play I've done. But I was sort of ready to give up on film and TV. Just when was this? I had done I had done Inherent Vice and oh, okay. Treme, and I had done a couple of TV shows, you know. So I John. had a little bit. Is that Annie Baker? Yeah, Annie Baker's play. And um, did you do that in New York? In New York, yeah. Did I see you in that? I don't know. Did what? you? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. What's that one about? Um, it's about a couple who go to a bed and breakfast in. Uh, oh my God! Were you in the original cast? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, You'd, I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> she's a trip, man. <laughs> yeah. Annie. Yeah. yeah. But you felt after that you weren't sure. No, it was that. Oh, that gave you that faith. experience that made me um, that revived my interest and in, and joy in in acting and and the arts in general. I, you know, because when you you do like pilot auditions yeah. or whatever, what you, is you're that? Doing like. Co- <laughs> <laughs> You know what that is. No, for. no, but I mean, like, you you think that, like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. You how think, do you like? What am I doing? This is so dumb. I don't even want to be here. I don't. I don't even enjoy this. I don't. Right. I don't actually want this job. Right. Because <laughs> so. you read those lines and you're like, this is what has to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, what is the, like? I've worked hard to develop yeah. a craft or my own personality, and I got to say this. Yeah. To get this job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. It's humiliating. Yeah. It is. It is. It. It. it um. You know, but you're trained to think like, oh, you should want to be on a TV show right. or a, on a saying horrible, sort of dumb things. And, yeah. And did you, you know, do some of that kind of work? I did a couple of little small parts on TV shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not- and it wasn't satisfying. And then I thought, I'm. I feel like I've just sort of given my whole life over to this or, or the pursuit of yes. this and I don't really Why? know what it, yeah exactly I yeah. don't know what it is that Did I, I want I mean, a, yeah. a job yeah is this a job yeah, I, I feel want like to... I can go get a better job than this <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but I but like well that's interesting because I've been talking about theater lately because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I, I haven't done theater since like college oh okay. and, and like you know I'm no genius actor but the one thing I know about doing 
you know, stand up, but the idea of theater where you have this continuity where you once you get on stage, you're going to go all the way through. Yes. And you got to stay in it and engage with that. That's got to be great. It is. It's it's terrifying too. But, but yeah. <laughs> but do you feel that when you do stand up? No. You don't. No, I don't have any fear anymore. Oh. No, no I mean, nothing makes you fearful now in terms of performing. Stand up? Stand up, acting, anything. Not really. Uh with stand up sometimes following somebody else, like if I'm out on a club uh-huh. where it's just one after the other kind of thing, everyone's doing the same time. It's it's not a fear thing, but if somebody like just kills before me, I'm like, oh, right, fuck. Okay. Now I'm gonna have to <laughs> go reset them, and, you know, upset them for thirty seconds. And but uh, but fear, no. Like if, if I get fear, it's when I have to do stand up for a reason that's compromising somehow. Uh-huh. Like it, like you know, if I if I'm part of an award show or something, uh-huh, that makes me yeah. nervous. Yeah, like because it's not just me going out there and riffing or doing what I'm going to do. But like I did Fallon last week and I was excited. I mean, I was like, if I have the stuff, he's a good audience. Do you (laughs) know, like he's out of all of them, he's the guy that's going to be like, come on, do it. Make me, (laughs) (laughs) make me laugh, make my job easier. But when did you like, because I know you've been around for a while, but you, where did you come from? (laughs) Where did I come from? Um, Well, I grew up in Louisiana, mostly in New Orleans. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your early life was there. Well, I did. I'm I'm not completely stupid. I did some reading, but well, yeah. Well, my parents. I'm Vietnamese. Yeah. My my parents left Vietnam by boat in '79. With the with the the whole uh, the boat people. They were one of the boat they people. They were one of the boat people. Yeah. They really they so snuck what? out during the middle of the night. Uh, so that was after. So what? What? Why? You know, I know you, people are so confused. They're like, "But the war ended in '75, and why are they still sneaking so they around were, but, in '79?" Because of the escape? government, right. the communists. Everything was, st- you know, just because you say that the war is over doesn't mean that it's over for the people who live there. Yeah, and, because the the people yeah. that we were fighting for lost. Yeah, so you know, people were still, um, I guess, Did, getting harassed and and just it was just tough for people who weren't on the right side of things. Right. Um, so my parents left and. My older brother was five at the time. My mom was six months pregnant with me. On the boat? On the boat, yeah. And, like, what was the escape like? Did, did you hear the story? Oh, oh, yeah. This is, like, one of those Family stories, stories that I hear over and over and over again. It, it's a pretty crazy story. My, what? My dad was shot as they were leaving, like, about an inch away from his heart. Come on. Yeah, he so was he's holding on... my brother. He had just passed my brother to my mom to get on the boat, and, like, the the guards who were... You know, yeah. uh, watching the the docks yeah. um, shot him, and he still got on the boat. He was bleeding on the boat for three days. What? And they got robbed by pirates twice. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, picturing picturing a six a, a woman pregnant, six months pregnant with a five year old child, and her husband's lying there bleeding for three days. And from a and, chest wound. From a chest not, wound. Not not just sort yeah. of like it went in and out kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. How did how did he, how did he not bleed out? You don't know. Uh, he's a, he's a tough, tough guy, tough motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> is he still around? He is. He is. Um, yeah, he still had the bullet uh, too. It was pretty long when I remember him showing it to me. Oh, he's got the souvenir. Yeah, yeah. The uh, little starburst uh, scar on his chest too. No kidding. So, yeah. so they're on the boat. 
and they and pirates robbed them, and so yeah, they had because they you know people knew that there were all of these people escaping, and, oh, so they were looking for them, and they had all of their belongings and money wow. with them, so they knew that. So did they, they were pretty easy targets? So where did the boat go? They were kind of lost at sea for a while, and uh, I guess a Japanese fishing boat found them and took them to shore. Otherwise, they could have. <sighs> This could have been a very... Perished, mm -hmm. as they say. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine being... How are you with the, the ocean? I, I I love looking at the ocean. Right. I'm not, <laughs> not really... I, I'm not a good swimmer. Um, don't really take motion very well. No, and also just the idea that <laughs> I can swim and motion I'm not good at, but I don't like not knowing what's underneath me. The yeah. the, the, the The massive... Nature of the ocean is terrifying. It is terrifying. And they're just out there floating. These are your parents. Mm -hmm. So they got picked up by a Japanese boat mm -hmm. and taken to where? To shore, to the, to the refugee camp in Thailand. Oh, so yeah. they didn't get that far. Or how far is that? Like, um, I mean, maybe I don't know my geography. I mean, yeah, Vietnam and Thailand are pretty, they're next to each other. But right. But they got I out. I don't know from... what the actual route was okay, or, or how. But they were safe. Yeah, they got to, to the refugee camp, and uh, they stayed there for a few months. My mom gave birth to me there, and but my dad got taken care of they in fixed terms it. of his, his wound, yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that boat people actually showed up in Florida or Texas or somewhere? Um, I think... Or was it just an influx of that's where the refugees I think, ended up? Uh, they kind of got spread out all over the world, okay. actually. I have some relatives who ended up in Australia, and um, I know some people ended up in Germany. I, it was really, really all over. But in terms of the U.S., I think there were some cities that the U.S. government designated as, like, underpopulated. Right. It's and, like Texas, Yeah, I and think. so there's a sprinkling in, like, Minnesota and then Louisiana. And Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, but I think it's local governments that decide that because, like, in Minnesota, there's a huge Somali mm -hmm. uh, population because they're just sort of like, we'll take them. Yeah, yeah. Is that what happened in New Orleans or did you, was that a I choice? I think so. No, uh, there is a small uh, Vietnamese population. Well, I don't know what if, if small is the right word, but it's a, a good size um, Vietnamese refugees and immigrants in, in New Orleans East. Yeah, when I was in, I grew up in Albuquerque and there was some there. And I remember I befriended a, a group of them in high school and they invited me over for dinner. It was very exciting, but they, none of them spoke any real English. Yeah. And I somehow brought a case of beer over and a couple of them got sick. <laughs> and then I felt very bad <laughs> that, you know, I brought this beer over. But, but you know, that's my memory of <laughs> My experience with refugees is I'm trying to be nice, and then two of them are throwing up, and mm. what are you going to do? Happens. Well, I, I think it depends on the person. My my dad could could handle. Oh yeah. If he was a drinker back back in back in the old country. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that you know it is person to person with that. Yeah. yeah. So they show up, and and you're just a baby in, when you get to New Orleans. Yeah, so, I was. Uh, yeah, I was probably a few months old. I don't know exactly so, how old. Probably like three months old. So your whole childhood is in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I um, we, well, they ended up in New Orleans because my dad had heard that his friend's father yeah. had gone there first and right. was already there, and so he wrote a letter. I don't know what organization. I think it was maybe through the church or who, whatever group was facilitating the the refugees. Yeah. Um, somehow the letter got to him in New Orleans, and he vouched for my my dad okay. and, and, and you know us, and so we went and 
lived with him for, I think, the first year until we got our own apartment. Wow. Yeah. What an amazing story. Yeah. And what what do you, what was your experience like in terms of you know first generation or second? Like, what was their experience with America and how that translate to you? Was there pressure? I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. hard. I I I feel a little trepidation answering this question oh. because I don't want it to seem like that's unique to only Asian people or sure. Asian or Asian immigrants. But um, all immigrants. I I think it's all immigrants. Um, And yeah, I think my parents just worked so hard. I I think they just didn't want us to work as hard as they did or or have to do the types of jobs that they did. What did they do? Um, When we first came over, the the father of his friend who we stayed with, he was a butcher. A butcher. Yeah. My parents had a coffee shop in, in Saigon when they were, you know, really? there. So my dad, like butchering is not, it's funny to imagine, trying to imagine my dad helping this guy slaughter animals. But he was in the thing. restaurant racket, right? Um, yeah, but that's, you know, yeah, running a different. coffee shop yeah. and, and... Being a butcher, and, yeah, and, uh, killing animals. Yeah, and handling carcasses. Or, but was it different. specifically for the Vietnamese community that he was butchering? or was yeah, it just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so. a specific type of, like, because butchers is, is a real community thing. Like, you know, they're important. Yeah. That they have what the community needs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah so they were actually killing the animals as well? I didn't yeah. really get, get into the details, <laughs> but my dad's kind of like a smaller man, so just like the idea of him you butchering. Know, <laughs> it's like funny to me. And what'd your mom do? Um, and my mom, she just did everything. She worked at uh, a factory uh, that would take out crab meat, see a seafood factory that you know yeah. that would. Package right. crab she was on the line. seafood. Yeah, on yeah. the crab line. Yeah, yeah, with a hairnet and gloves yeah. and all that. Um, I remember being sick one time and and sitting in the in the break room while she like had to go do that. Um, they worked in kitchens, yeah, restaurant right. kitchens. Um, and what my was dad the... worked in the warehouse of a supermarket, just like yeah. loading loading stuff. Jobs. Yeah, yeah, just jobs. And what was the what was the experience growing up there as Vietnamese people? Did did you feel alienated or was there Well, we were in a pocket of just Vietnamese people, so oh. it didn't feel it, I didn't feel um weird or, you It's know. funny because, you know, New Orleans historically is this melting pot yeah. of culture, but like I don't know if that always means everybody's embraced. Mhm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, I, we did go to Baton Rouge for a couple of years when I was younger and that's a little bit more white than New Orleans yeah. is or at least at least the part of New Orleans I was in yeah. because in New Orleans East it's like black and Vietnamese sure. like there's not really a ton of white people who live there and you know you'd have yeah. to go like uptown. Right. That's, right. That's to the, the white neighborhood. To the white neighborhood, yeah. Um But Baton Rouge but, was different? But yeah, Baton Rouge was was a little bit more white. That's where LSU is. Yeah. And, um, is that, oh, you went to school there? No, we were just there. My parents I think brought us there cuz they found a a restaurant they were that they were trying to to run uh-huh. and running a restaurant yeah. is really difficult. Sure. It was 
you know, in a, in a strip mall and they ran a Chinese restaurant because the Chinese food was, yeah. is popular and Vietnamese food had not become popular yet. Oh, really? Yeah, not hip so, yet? Not hip yet. Yeah. White people were not hip to Vietnamese food yet. So they had a Chinese restaurant and um, that didn't last for very long. And, oh. Yeah. Well, they were just managing it? They didn't, it wasn't their place? Or they no, it was their it? place. Oh, they opened yeah, it? Yeah, they opened oh. it and like did everything, ran the front. My dad like, Ran ran the front of the house. Oh yeah, and my mom did so that's all part of the of cooking. Growing up is going to the restaurant. Yeah, I'd go there after school. We had a we lived in at the little apartment complex across the street. There was like a field, and yeah. you'd walk across it to go to the to the little strip mall. So you're eating in the back table, having food. And... I just like hanging out in yeah. the front, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> busting the tables after the customers left. What, what happened? Did they just couldn't get people in? Or? Folding napkins. It's just really hard. We would just had. Difficult customers, oh, like yeah. people just giving, giving them grief. Uh, I remember one time this guy tried to or threatened to sue them because he said he choked on a fish bone or uh-huh. something like that. It was just hard. It's oh hard. God, yeah, it's a it's a rough business to it keep is. going. It is. So what what'd your brother end up doing? My older, I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger oh, brother. Oh, okay. Um, the older brother. The older brother. He. They both actually live like with my parents and just kind of help them do, do stuff. My my older brother is a little bit of um, uh, a jack of all trades, uh-huh. master of none uh-huh. type of yeah. type of guy. Sure. Uh, super smart, just hasn't really you know right. settled yeah. down. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Maybe that'll happen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but he's okay. Younger yeah, brother's okay. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Everybody's in Texas. Uh, yeah, 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 for now, yeah. <laughs> so when do you start to break away and decide that you're going to be, you know, an actress? Well, I went to college um, from New Orleans. I went to college and uh, I went to Boston to go to college, Boston University. I went to Boston University. You did? I did. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, gra- oh, I, I was, didn't know that. Yeah, I graduated '86, I think, right? '86. Yeah, '86. I was 2001. So, so what program? A little bit were after you. In? you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what program were you? In? I was in the College of uh, Communication. Is that right? Sure. Com? Com? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where the, you kind of do all this. They have the film in there. Right. And they have, yeah. I did. I studied film production. Yeah. I almost dropped out after my first year. That's how much I. I Why are you sad? It, it was. Yeah, it was, it was not, I, I think I went and I visited the campus in the springtime and it was like a really nice day. And uh, once I was actually there, the winter was pretty brutal. My first winter there. Oh, it's not really tough. a campus. It's the city. Yeah, it, and it was so big. It was so yeah, big. It, there's no quad or anything. No. What, what dorms were you in? Were you in Warren Towers? I was in Warren Towers. Oh, so like, well, that's year. a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah. It, and, it, and the kids were kind of strange. Well, it's. Well, I la- my last two years of high school, um, I had gone to a, like a public boarding school, so I felt like I had gone to college two years early. All right, so you thought you were used to that part of it. Yeah, like yeah. so that going away from leaving home and yeah. living um, in a dorm was yeah. not new to me. Right. And I guess it was new to everybody else because it was just... That freshman year is like you, everyone's like you don't know who's going to make it, and and for what reason they're not going to make it, you know, because all of a sudden people didn't realize they had mental health problems, they didn't realize they didn't know how to be away from their parents, yeah. so like it's just emotional insanity. Yeah. In in Warren Towers, yeah, there's like two. What is there's two towers yeah. of just freshmen mostly, yeah. and you eat in the same building. I used to eat at Warren Towers. I remember, and it's just like insane. Yeah, it was just weird. And now that you're we're talking about this, I just remembered. 
somebody at the end of the hall had yeah. an eating disorder and would leave uh, garbage bags of vomit around. Yeah. And oh, yeah. All that kind of stuff. There was a girl uh, two doors down from me yeah. who would constantly ask to borrow money from me, but like $200 at right. a time to yeah. go karaoke because her dad owned a steel factory in Korea and like it was like not a big deal. <laughs> what, <laughs> Did, did you to give borrow, her, to ask to borrow $200. Did you give her, her the money? No, I didn't have $200 <laughs> to give her. Wow. Yeah. that's Those are good examples. Then there's always the one guy that's sort of like, I don't know what happened to him. He left after the first semester. He just wasn't doing well. Yeah. Those kind of people. Mental issues. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went there. I started as a, a sophomore. I went to a small college the first year because I it was oh, so terrible in so high school. You transferred there. Well, yeah, because when I applied to BU first, the first time they wanted to put me in CBS, College of Basic Studies, or oh, the, okay. as they called it, coloring book school, oh. when I was there, which was sort of like, hey, okay, you blew it in high school. You can be in this program until we can integrate you into. The, so your first year of college was in uh, Albuquerque. No, it was in it was in Milton, Massachusetts, Curry College. Oh, okay. And then I transferred to BU sophomore year. Uh-huh. I was pretty excited about it. I lived over a. I didn't have to do the freshman dorm thing. How long did you go there? I, I completed you, all four oh, years. Oh, yeah? But I just, Where'd you move after Warren Towers? I lived off campus. It wasn't with any college students. They were like all older people. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just a strange assortment of, uh, of Old older. roommates. Yeah, it's always, uh, <laughs> always going to be a little interesting. Like one of them has been there for 20 years and has just watched a flow mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. come and yeah. go. Yeah, so I yeah. rented a room in like one of those big old Victorian houses. Was it depressing? Was this all a depressing experience? Did yeah, you... it was. Uh, now that I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that was not a great time. And did you come out, what was the degree in communications? In film, film production. Film production. Yeah. So where do you go after that? Uh, I moved to New York after that. And, and my first job ended up being at PBS, but not oh. doing anything creative. No? Yeah. Well, how is that possible? Like, what did you do? I worked, I worked in the accounting department at, at PBS. At PBS in New York. <laughs> but I felt like, oh, maybe this is a foot in the door. Somehow this can turn into something else, but it didn't. Did you... Okay. <laughs> No production at all. You didn't even go on set? No, 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 not at all. I mean, during that time, I would try to get like little unpaid internships doing student films or whatever, helping out on on people's independent films that they were shooting on the weekends or or whatever. I remember being like a PA. um, Just picking up jobs. and Just picking up random things like, you know, on the weekends. On set. Did you do any big movies? No, oh. no, they were all um, student films, like NYU people, or yeah, like really small, dumb things. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, what? So this does not sound like uplifting either. What the, <laughs> how, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, were you? How was your mental state after, like, you know, after college at PVS in accounting? Like, what? I, what shifts? When's the moment where you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing? I don't know. I was just floating for yeah. a really long time, for a really long time. Um, somehow during all of that, I did end up taking improv classes. Oh, where? I don't know if it was at NYU, one of those like adult education uh-huh. classes, like after after work. It might have been. It or might the have new been school that, or something, something, the NYU, yeah. I think it was NYU, yeah. but like not like NYU, NYU. Right. It was one of those extension, okay. adult extension yeah. classes. Right. So, um, so were you there with, with the other grown-ups who didn't, yeah. know, who didn't know what they wanted to do with right. their lives? Yeah. And then, um, I, th- I don't know how I found this other woman. She was 
just teaching. She was doing like her own separate school, but yeah. she was like a groundling member okay. before. Yeah. She was like in New York doing okay. her own school. For improv. For improv. And um, How was that for you? She was really great. She yeah. was nice. She was very encouraging. I mean, I was I never felt like I was good at improv and I never enjoyed it, but mm. like she as a teacher was like very positive and and just encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> and you were working with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, Did you it, like it? it? No. no. No, Mark, I did not. <laughs> But you forced yourself through it. I forced it. myself to go. Yeah. I was very introverted. I recognized that I had a problem that I could not continue into adulthood and not be able to talk to people or look them in the eye and talk to them. So this was sort of like, this was your way of throwing yourself into yes. the fire. Yes, it was not to, to be an actor. It right. was just um, because I had also taken public speaking classes. Oh, so you really wanted to get on top of this thing. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I did. I, Mark, I recognized I had a problem and I, I, I tried to fix it. Um, yeah. So I did that. I think I did there. I don't know if it's still around. It's something called Toastmasters. It I don't was know. Also, oh, yes. I did, I did that too. <laughs> That I remember that 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 that's a public speaking thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you were like yeah. plagued by this problem. I, you were, it, I, was, it was a bad. It wasn't a it minor was problem. You're like, I've got to get, I got to handle, get a handle on this. Yeah. Did did it, did is, is it gone? For, can you? I don't know. I, I'm I'm. I mean, I I was yeah. nervous coming here today, but right. I'm fine now. Good. And good. you're looking me in the eye. That doesn't seem to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, clearly you can, you know, perf you can act. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. But so how do you get from this uh, person paralyzed with fear to uh, acting? Uh, the improv. And then I started going on auditions sort of as a, okay. another um, oh, this is another uh, <laughs> effort to overcome your social, uh, yeah. what do you call it, uh, anxiety disorder. Yeah. 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 To just go on audition, like cold call, like casting calls? Yeah, like things that I would find on Craigslist. Backstage. Um, backstage. Yeah. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Village Voice. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I, Thinking back on it, it was kind of... Um, maybe even a little dangerous. I remember showing up at <laughs> maybe some <laughs> at guy's some random house? guy's apartment, yeah. like so many random people's apartments in Brooklyn. Wow! You know? Did you ever have a situation where you're like, I gotta get out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Hold on, let me just get the camera started. I think I'm going. I think... That kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember there was this guy doing a short film. Oh yeah. Based on like his ex girlfriend, who also happened to be Asian, and he showed me a picture of yeah. her, and it was like she was naked with like X bandages on her nipples. And uh -huh. I was like, I gotta get out of here yeah. <laughs> before he gets the tape out. I gotta get out before he offers me the roll of tape. Oh boy! Oh, I was also doing extra work back, being a a background actor on how like was, Law and Order. That how, was that was that how was, was that? How was it hanging out with the? Uh, with the background people. That's um, always that a was an uplifting experience. experience. Yeah. Um, you know what's fascinating about that is there are some people that do it that love it. Well, they come up with a system that where they they take care of themselves and yeah. they know how to deal with like the weirdos uh -huh. and you know they bring food. They know how to keep right. themselves. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they, fed and hydrated because and some of them like being on set. There, I mean, whatever their expectation is. I, I mean, I haven't done extensive interviews with background work. <laughs> But there's definitely people that do a lot of it because they enjoy it. 
yeah. being around the environment. Yeah, I mean, I too enjoy being on yeah. set and yeah. around all of the busyness, but um, it's a little exhausting in a different way to be sure. a, a background well, actor. You're not treated very well. You're not at all. I, I remember my first um, SAG job. Yeah. Uh, I... Uh, got hounded by the lady at craft service because she thought I was a background actor who was hanging out yeah. in the craft oh, right. when service it wasn't your turn. area of the true actors. Right, yeah. Um, even she, though I did have a speaking part. Wow. And um and so she was just giving me like a dirty look the whole time and like <laughs> why aren't you in the background tent? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. With yeah. the uh, with the with yeah. the small bags of yeah. chips, but I mean that that happened like things like that happen to me still. Like even though you know I could be like number two on the call sheet, and and people will still think that. <laughs> really? Yes. Do you get do, do you throw a, a fits about it, or um, do you just politely say I'm I'm number two on the call sheet? No, I don't uh, even say that. I just yeah. I it's it's a very weird situation where you don't really want to. You know, do yeah, that yeah. where you know you you try to right. You don't, um, you don't pull attitude. Yeah, I don't yeah. like pull rank or something sure, like sure. that in the yeah. moment. Um, yeah, I think I just give them like a, a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you should See? you should know who you're working with right? and, and look right? at the call sheet and do your homework and, yeah. and you know um, yeah. And yeah. even if I were a background actor, I don't think you should talk to me like that. <laughs> exactly. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you're preoccupied making yeah. your little sausage wraps yeah. over here. And walking around, take a look. What's going on? So when do you get, like, was it TV work first? I think my first real jobs weren't until I got to L.A. I think I oh, only okay. did um, non-union and background work. When oh, okay. I in, in, but yeah, that was actually one of the reasons I was afraid to come to L.A. was because the, <laughs> the rule was that you had to book a law and order before you could go to L.A. You had to have a credit. Whose rule was that? I don't know. That's what people would say. It's like, so funny that, <laughs> that the assumption is like anybody can book one of those eventually. And you can't be an actor until you do one of those procedurals. Like you can't you, be a New York actor yeah. and transfer to L.A. until you've yeah. booked like yeah, a, one, a, co- a co-star role on, on a law and order. <laughs> one of them. One of the five. That was your uh, baptism into show business. So you did. Did you book one of those? Um I did not book a Law and Order, and so I, I was a little. I felt a little uneasy coming here to LA. And did you? What, what made you decide to move? Did you have representation? Did you have anything out here? Did you? I did have an agent in yeah. New York. Yeah. Um, who I rarely spoke to, but uh, I I told them I, I was interested in going out to LA, yeah. and so I was surprised that they offered to set up a meeting with their. LA oh, that's nice. office. So unfortunately it was in the youth department. I was like 30 something. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? I was meeting? still going out on Nickelodeon auditions. Um, oh, that's, that's yeah. funny. So that, so, I mean, it was something, yeah. but it was also not very helpful. Okay. So like, <laughs> what was the first thing? Was it Treme that you really got to dig your teeth into or dig your, you know? Yeah. That was my first like real role, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, I had booked, I think, some co-star roles before that. Right. Um, but Treme was like my first thing because I, I was a recurring guest yeah. star. And and you had, knew the terrain. And I knew I was a fan of The Wire and I was... Simon's you know, a good guy, right? Yeah, He's yeah, intense. Yeah, very intense. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew you came from New Orleans, right? I don't I was already in LA and I made an audition tape yeah. that I thought for sure they would just do a local hire because they like to hire real people. Right. 
Um, but you are a real New Orleans person. But I am real New Orleans. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that worked out in my favor. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up flying back and forth from L.A. to New Orleans. Were your folks still there at that point? Yeah, yeah. And my parents were like, you should never have left. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can work in town. Well, everywhere we shot was literally right down the street from where I grew up. <laughs> I mean, the one of the restaurants we shot in was a restaurant that I would go to on the weekends with my parents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, we, you can move in and yeah. everyone will be together yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. So did that get you attention? No, I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would get me out of the youth department um, but no. at the agency, but no. Um, I think a couple of years later, I booked Inherent Vice. That was my first movie role, and I thought that would get me somewhere. And it oh, didn't. you played like the madam? Was it? What? Or uh, didn't you run a? Yes, uh, I was. Uh, I was a, a, a masseuse. Yes, a masseuse. At, uh, yeah, at Chick Planet. Yeah, Chick Planet. Yeah. How was it working? Because when I talked to Paul Thomas Anderson, he he actually brought you up. Oh, really? He mentioned you that he was excited about you Aww. and about some of the Thank people you, that. Yeah, <laughs> was that good working with him? Yeah, fantastic. I had so much fun, and Paul so great. I got to start on like the first day of shooting. Yeah, and my role was pretty small. Yeah, but I had a couple of little pop-ins here and there, and so I would be on the schedule. But they, you know, something would delay it and right. get pushed back so I would hang out on set pretty much every day and I that got to watch been... everyone come in and out right that's awesome. an education oh yeah great actors in that oh movie. so so many great actors yeah. crazy so crazy you can't pay for that kind of experience it was amazing I, well that's the only way that you sort of get comfortable mm -hmm. is by being around that and actually seeing people that you think are almost immortal just be regular people mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when, when Joaquin gets done with the scene, you're like, oh, he's just over there sitting. He's <laughs> just a guy. I, yeah. I. It's so funny to me that he has this reputation for being an oddball, but I felt like he's he was so sweet. Yeah, he's very sweet. But he's just quiet, and that makes you an oddball if you if you don't, like, engage in the thing. But on the other hand, Josh Brolin is, couldn't be more charming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's a real talker. Yeah. Did you hang out with him? I, I, since it was my first movie, sure. I tried to, you know. Yeah. Be respectful. Be respectful. Right. But yeah, he, he was also really like nice and. Um, yeah. Good guy. I'm always impressed by people who can just like shoot the shit before a take yeah. and then jump right into it and be <laughs> really intense. He has that ability. It's amazing. <laughs> just, it's amazing. He's a great technical actor too. I was watching him doing something in front of a green screen and. Um, Oh yeah, he's. He, it he, was like so on the money. I, I I don't know how he he did it, but he like watched something on a laptop uh -huh. that he had to like match the the movement precisely. Uh -huh. He just did it. And he I did just, it. I just looked at it in amazement, and you know, it's just like this thing that you barely notice in the movie, but but he nailed it. But yeah, and he just saw for it. me He's sitting there getting to watch it, I was like, wow. Oh, you know what else Josh Brolin did that was what? really cool that I noticed. Um, he was um, shooting a scene, and there was a day player who I think was so nervous to be on set. Yeah. And was, like, flubbing their lines yeah. pretty badly. And <clears throat> Josh Brolin had been, like, word perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, like, sure. take after take after take. And then all of a sudden, like, he started fucking up. <laughs> and I think it was to make the other person feel, you know, less nervous. Oh, really? Yeah. Did it work? I, yeah, it did. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah isn't that nice? Yeah. That's really great of him. Yeah. I wonder if that, that person is still in the business. Um, probably. Yeah. I, you know. 
it's tough. It's a tough racket. It is. But yeah, it's like that movie is pretty all over the place. It's kind of a great uh, journey, that thing. It's wild. Joanna Newsom's in it. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. great. <laughs> so then you do that odd movie. What odd movie? The downsizing. They're movie. all odd. What? <laughs> but downsizing, like I didn't, I could not figure out. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was it was interesting, but like, I couldn't quite understand. Like you saw it when it came out, or like later? I did. No, I saw it when it came out. Because oh, okay. I'm a fan of like Alexander Payne, uh-huh. and it was one of those movies. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? What is <laughs> I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids years ago and, you know, like, whatever. But I, I don't know if I understood what was, what he was trying to do. Oh. But, uh, but it was interesting. Yeah. Did you good. like that movie? I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I loved, I loved it when I just read the script. It was so funny. And, yeah. And, um, maybe I should see it again. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's my, my first reaction. Like, maybe. the device of it. I, I'm not sure. I, I sometimes, sometimes as an audience member, you do the movie a disservice by jumping ahead and and thinking you know where it should go. Or yeah, I think I just couldn't go. get past the the little the the, the, little, the little people. people? Yeah, <laughs> I, every, for some reason, I'm like it weirded wait, wait. you out. Or? It didn't weird me out. I'm like, what are we doing? Why? You know what I mean? Because it seemed like almost like a Disney thing. It seemed like you know, like oh, the okay. like there had been movies like that before, but they were always sort of broad comedies mm-hmm. that you know. That were for kids. And there was just something about the device, I think, that I Oh, that's interesting because most people, or I remember a lot of the complaints being that there wasn't enough of that. Of the little people? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I got to watch it again. I'm not doing more of that. I'm not doing it. I'm doing a disservice. (laughs) Because you work with Kristen Wiig. She's funny. She is really funny. But then you got a lot of flack for that movie? Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of flack for that movie, unfortunately. It was it was it was a bummer. It's like it, I, I, why do they pick on actors? I mean, like it's it's you were just doing your job. I know it was my first big role. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know Andrea is getting it now. You know, Riceboro for this. You know, it's like it just makes the whole thing toxic, and it's yeah. it's got nothing to do with you, really. What was the what what were they saying exactly? Um. Well, we we premiered at the Venice Film Festival, yeah. and I think one critic said that it was a masterpiece, used the M-word, and right. then a couple of days later, we were at the Telluride Film Festival in Colorado, yeah. and, and I don't know if there was like... Wasn't a masterpiece anymore? I, I don't know. All of yeah. a sudden, it was like... A piece of dog shit, you know? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. Yeah, I what don't happened? I don't know what happened in the span of a few days, but, um, yeah, people were really upset about my accent. Once we got to the U.S., people yeah. were really upset about my accent in the movie and just my character's place within society. Really? You know, just because... Uh, they decided that you weren't representing yeah, it something wasn't from the, your it, own experience. It wasn't the kind of representation they wanted to see. But but who? This wasn't the Vietnamese community. No, no. Um, I think there might have been uh, one or two Asian critics uh-huh. early on who had said that they didn't like the movie, and I think that sort of gave the green light for white critics uh-huh. to also pile on and, and point to them and say, like, look, this this Asian person didn't like it, so clearly the movie's racist, which it's not. So they accused you of being a stereotype? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and and that my performance was a caricature and, you know, all, all of that stuff. So, But you must have, like, known people like you were portraying. Oh, that's all I grew up with. <laughs> well, here's what's funny. So, yeah. so you know, the, the studio and the, the PR people, yeah. they all, they're all scrambling. They know that this is, like, happening. And, yeah. And, um, but there are. They want me to be aware, but also not, like, be um, flummoxed by it. Right, and don't, so, yeah, uh, don't just take the hit. And so they were trying to float out, like, maybe we could invite your parents to the... <laughs> maybe we could invite your, your family to um, the yeah. premiere. You and know? let them talk on camera. Yeah. Bring yeah, everybody you, know. you knew. Yeah. And I was like, I know what this is. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> and I just didn't feel like I needed to show my bona fides in that way. I didn't yeah. need to, you know, drag sure. my family out and have them join some sort of media circus just to, you know, shut up the people who had a problem with the movie. Um, yeah, it was just it was just kind of a bummer. I think that th- that whole experience has colored how I feel about the whole conversation yeah. around representation and and um and just recognition and awards and and stuff like that really because it's that was um that was an instance where i thought something really groundbreaking had happened where it was that character getting to be the female lead of a movie and, and getting to be the romantic lead and and learning so much about her yeah even though you know she doesn't show up until um an hour into the movie yeah but she sort of like takes takes over the movie after after that point. And, um, you know, I kind of wish people could have acknowledged that that was, like, a really amazing thing for that type of character to be in a, in a big studio movie. Right. That that hadn't really happened before. Yeah. But they just sort of glossed over that as if, like, it's something that happens all the time. And so... And just accused you of being right. too broad. Yeah. Well, it also was personally offensive because it was just like, oh, wait a minute. So if you're accusing the movie of or that character of being racist or a caricature, then you're saying that I like participated in that and I approved it. I, I rubber stamped it. I'm tap dancing for, yeah. for these people for what? Yeah. You know? And so I think that was the part that like rubbed me, you know, that really. They forced you into a position. Right. Where... Like I was just this little puppet who right. was being manipulated and right. I didn't have any sort of active participation in this. Like I didn't have um, a clear head and was making choices. I never felt like an actor who was making choices basically during that whole. They gave you no agency. Right. As, right, right. as, a, as they say, as yeah, the kids say, agency. Yeah, but But for being, you know, they just assumed that you were playing along with, with. A false representation mm, for yeah. money. Yeah, because I was like so hungry for whatever. I, oh my god! You know, so how? That, did, yeah, that part irked me. How did that affect um, you going forward? Um, I was just disappointed. Um, not that anybody owes me anything, yeah. but I felt like, oh, this could have. I think because I saw how the Asian community stepped up for everything after downsizing yeah. <laughs> that came up and I was like, wow, yeah, I really got the cold shoulder from yeah. the Asian community here. <laughs> could have used you. Uh, yeah, you know. I could have used your help, guys. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I didn't feel like anybody really kind of stepped up and, and said like, or claimed me, you know, yeah. and I still feel that way. It's odd because um, I was talking to 
Ki Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at yeah. Once, and and he. I saw him at a hotel. We were staying at the same hotel, and I um, I normally never go up to people and say say sure. hello, but yeah. I, I did because he seemed like a really sweet guy, a sweet guy, and um, and so he was like, "Oh, I'm going to this Asian award show. Like later, am I going to see you there?" And I was like, "No, I wasn't invited." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "What? There must be a mistake. Like I we got to talk to somebody and correct this." And I was like, "No, Key. I think we should just leave it alone. I think I know what's happening." <laughs> Really? <laughs> Did he talk to somebody? No, I, I was just like, you should just leave it alone. It's it's fine. It's fine. But what was happening? What do you think was happening? I, I don't know. I think people have a, a a certain idea about me. Maybe I don't know. About I'm, you I'm not, or about Vietnamese people? I mean, about is, me, I think, or or, or I, I'm just not their girl. Maybe I don't. Huh. You know. But that's so weird. You, I mean, you're. I. I. That's that's fucked up. <laughs> you know. Because I, I mean, it almost seems like, is it, is it, are you the wrong kind of Asian? I don't know, Mark. Huh. Because know. like, how are you any different than like any of? Well, I mean, I've I've done I've done stuff. I even did a movie called Driveways, was yeah. directed by Andrew Ahn, who's a, a, an Asian American uh, queer director, and huh. you know that one. I, I got nominated for an Indie Spirit Award, and. This does, I, this, I, I didn't. I didn't hear anything from the Asian folks, so I don't know. <laughs> that's weird to me. I wonder if it is, is sort of like. Is there? Do you know other Vietnamese actors that are being iced? Uh, I don't know. I, I try uh, not to keep. Okay. Up, Mark. Okay. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to put you in a weird position, but it does seem. I, uh, I feel weird because maybe this is like an in-house or family conversation, and I'm having sure. it with with you. But, oh, okay. But well, but but then I I feel like I'm not in the family, so I couldn't even have the family conversation yeah, if I wanted to. It's it's a little weird, and that's a horrible <laughs> moment that you had to go through with him. Like I wasn't because he just assumed. Yeah. Wow. I'm like I've never. That's been recognized crazy. or invited, so but <laughs> but you're and you're in these huge movies. It's crazy. Wow, I'm gonna call some people. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make some calls. Yeah. But how are you? Like, how are you? Are you reacting? How are you engaging with this whole process that you're in with the with this nomination? I, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, are you going, are you dressing up and doing the stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dressing up. I'm doing the stuff. It's it's pretty wild because um, <laughs> I had a kid two years ago and after I gave birth, I yeah. ordered two pairs of pants and two pairs of shorts and four shirts from Patagonia. And that's yeah. all I've been wearing for like the past <laughs> two years. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I have to, you know, get hair and makeup and, and wear all these dresses and yeah, five inch platform heels. Is that fun though? It's it's, it's work, but huh. you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to make it fun. Uh huh. <laughs> 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 so you you don't innately play the game well. I wish I knew. I mm. wish I knew, but I I don't. Yeah. I mean, I like watching other people who do it well yeah. like that's fascinating to do, me are you are, do you are you in a competitive spirit do you care do you is this no i'm not that's also <laughs> yeah, the other yeah. thing that kind of i don't know how to reconcile i i don't like watching a movie especially during this time when yeah. you're supposed to like fill out a ballot or whatever i don't like 
I don't like thinking, oh, this person was better than that person. Right. You know, when you're yeah, watching sure. a movie, I, I just want to enjoy the movie and I want to yeah. enjoy the performance um, because I, I know how much it takes to, yeah. to do that and whether it turns out as well as you hope it does or it, it, it doesn't negate the amount of work and, and uh, yeah. all of the, the optimism you bring into something. Right. And, and also, like it, 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 this role in The Whale... Um, the one you're nominated for is is you didn't play up any sort of ethnicity really. Uh, n- no. Um, but I still feel like she was very specifically Asian to me. Well, yeah. I mean, um, well, that's going because <laughs> it's me. Yeah, it's going to be a given, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, that that role was not written for an Asian person. Yeah, uh, it was a play originally, and right. all of the production. Did you see the play? No, I didn't. Hmm. Um, that's the sad thing about living in LA is that you miss a lot of theater the, going that's true. on in New York. Um, but in all of the stage productions, the character had been played by a white actress. And even when I was up for the part, uh, the other names of yeah. the other actresses that my agent told me was in the running, they they weren't Asian. So, um, Well, I thought you did a great job with it. Thank you. I liked the movie, and uh, it, it was painful. Yeah. It, 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 and I talked to Brendan about it, and that was heavy, man. It was mm-hmm. a heavy conversation. He's a heavy character as a person. Well, things. he's extremely thoughtful and philosophical. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, and right. You know, you, it, the, a little heavy-hearted, <laughs> too, about some things. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, um, I, I like that, too, though. Sure. Sometimes I, I struggle with the very, you know, um, light. Cheerful. Oh yeah, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> but like, we got into some stuff, you know, because uh-huh. I I was brought up with a certain amount of food awareness because my mother had eating disorder. So uh, like, I found it uh, affected me in an odd way. Like when I watched the movie, and then when I talked to him about, you know, the nature of of the condition he was in. Because when I watched the movie, I didn't get hung up on that. Yeah. You know, I really got very quickly into the sort of emotional content of of the characters. So, and that was interesting to me. Like, I wasn't marveling at, you know, the condition. Yeah. But I was sort of engaged with with the emotional interaction. And your character, and, and the twist at the end was, I, it totally worked on me. You know, I, I know this movie is very sort of um, divisive. You know, either people love it or they hate it. But I thought the one thing that got me about the film was that your character's, you know, Almost demonic enabling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Demonic. I haven't heard that. But yeah. Enabling. Yeah. She's an enabler. Yeah. But there was, there, at points, there was an anger to it. There was, you were, there was a defensiveness to it where you would stop other people from stepping in mm-hmm. to help this guy mm-hmm. because, you know, you knew him better than anybody else. And you knew in, in your heart that there was nothing going to change it. I love that you saw that because I think most people think that she's um, she was sweet or something, and I, that that always struck me did as not, strange. Did not, <laughs> did not register that at all. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that that is somebody not engaging with the movie properly. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to not, you know. Um, no, okay, you know, I'm not putting you in a position where you have to judge critics, but but the but like right from the get go, I'm like, what the fuck is up with this person? Mm-hmm. Because you don't find out your backstory or his really mm-hmm. until the third act, really, right? Yeah. 
But like I knew right away, I'm like, what? why doesn't someone stop this woman from feeding him? You know, what is her problem? How, and then, and then the weird kind of emotional conflictedness of your relationship with him. I, I don't know. I, I found it to be uh, disturbing and deep and, and nuanced in how you played it. I mean, how did you approach that character? Um, I know it's a weird question, but I mean. Yeah, I, I guess the demonic enabling was not uh, foreign to yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> how so? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I've been witness to those. Uh-huh. Sure. That type of relationship in in my life and uh, in your family, in my family, mm. yeah, and yeah, that part did not. Uh, I didn't really have to struggle. But with. did you get it? Like I right when you it. read it, I got it immediately. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, and and also that that wanting to box out other people and wanting to be the only person. In his well, life, well, that's who like, had that sort of uh, connection and in, in that relationship um, and control in and some control weird way. Control and, and there's like something a little bit selfish in in that. Totally, totally. I mean, it, yeah. I mean that. You know, codependency is a weird thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, there were there was one moment there that I kind of remember where you know there was that sort of. Um, um, the denying of food and then the reward, the giving of mm-hmm. like that whole weird mm-hmm. dynamic yeah. of like, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's heavy. And he was sort of like mm-hmm. in, in yeah. such a heart shattered state yeah. that the relationship was sort of understood. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did that set get heavy emotionally at times? It was a pretty serious set. Um, it was serious for all sorts of reasons. You know, one being COVID, because it was the first movie that I did after the right. industry started back up. So vaccines weren't available yet. Right. COVID was pretty yeah, scary still. Sure. Yeah. Um, so there was that. We didn't do a lot of socializing. The moment they yelled yeah. cut, we would put our masks Isn't right that back wild? on. Yeah. Didn't that raise the stakes? Because I shot a movie. I shot yeah. two Leslie in that same situation where every you know, everyone's masked, all circles of yeah. of employment are masked. Yep. And the only time you're not masked mm-hmm. is after action. Yeah. So it kind of it, it makes the emotional intensity of things mm-hmm. very immediate. Yeah. And you almost crave the interaction on some level that you don't even understand, right? Yeah. I mean, we... You know, we didn't really socialize. I mean, that yeah. that was pretty small to begin with. Sure. So anytime you talk for too long to somebody, it could be just like the set dresser, you know. Mm-hmm. And the AD would come over and be like, "You need to, you need to separate and yeah, and not stand so close." So it was pretty serious. And then, um, you know, uh, I I always try to be really aware of um, other people's energy mm. and not taking up too much of their right. energy sure. unnecessarily. So yeah. I didn't want to uh, pepper Brendan with a bunch of, you know, asinine questions about right. like whatever, just to take up space. Um, and he's got to sit in that yeah, carcass all day yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this. yeah I just, I, I just don't need that. I mean, I, I just felt his energy. Like yeah. that was like enough for me, you know, like he's such a... Um, 
I feel like my words are failing me because he's, I, it's, it's hard to describe yeah. the feeling that you have around him. Like I, you can be silent next to him yeah. and it feel it's fulfilling. Yeah. I can see that. And, and I imagine like, well, who played that? The, the teenager? Uh, Ty Simpkins and yeah. Sadie Sink was his daughter. The funny thing about them, both Ty and Sadie is that even though I'm older than them, I feel like they've been acting for longer than I have. Uh-huh. Like Ty's been on camera since he was three months old. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I think Sadie uh, started when she was like six or something. Yeah, they're something both pretty, like they yeah, look great. Yeah. And then Samantha Morton comes in with that yeah. monologue and you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like that was so, it was all very heavy, but I was very, I found it very satisfying. It was I so did. satisfying to be on that set and just be so focused and serious about the work, you know, yeah. and uh, Sam Hunter, the the writer, was yeah. was there with us. So it felt like working on a play because mm. the playwright, the writer, was there, which normally that doesn't happen. And also and, limited set, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, very, it's very just, limited. It's like a play almost. Yeah. Wow, and it, and Darren was good. He's great. I I don't know what the general opinion of him is out there that yeah, he's like, like an him. intense guy or whatever. But, yeah. Um. I think he's just so approachable and easy to talk to. I I, I don't know. Did he? I mean, a, I know he went to Harvard and all of that, and he's super intelligent. But um, he's still a director, and he's got to be. You know, yeah, you got to work with. But him. I, you know, on our very first day of filming, he. Um, I don't know if he would be embarrassed about me sharing the story, but he he took us outside, yeah, and we took our masks off, uh-huh. and we held hands in a circle, and. Um, he gave a little speech and thanked us all for being there. Oh. It was just so sweet. That's nice. <laughs> and then he did that again at the at rap after we huh. were done. Yeah. So I just felt like it was like very um I don't know. Yeah. I mean it, yeah. it it's a, a, a an emotional spiritual bonding moment. Yeah. 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 Well, and also I found this out later, but normally his parents um, come to set and hang out, but because of COVID, they didn't oh. this time. And um, both, well, of his, his, both of his parents passed recently, and oh. so the movie is dedicated to them. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they passed close to each other? Mm-hmm. It's wild when that yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And the menu, I didn't see it yet. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How was that one? <laughs> don't follow the trend. <laughs> you don't need to be up to date with what everybody else is talking about. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'll get to it. I almost <laughs> I almost watched it this morning, but I figured, like, how much am I going to learn about her from watching the one movie? How is that going to change the conversation? It's not. Right? How was that? Was that a big part? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah. I feel like it's I, I'm it's strange like a lot of people have seen that movie and yeah. um I did four movies in 2021 yeah and it was kind of crazy because I had just given birth and was expecting to just be at home with yeah. my daughter uh so I did the whale and then I did Kelly's movie showing up right yeah. afterwards and yeah. then I did the menu and it was it was kind of crazy because I don't think of myself as as um enjoying horror or anything kind sure. of related to that yeah. so it's a movie that i don't know if i necessarily would seek out to watch mm. but exactly i that's where <laughs> that's, that's my experience my my girlfriend who's a horror fanatic so oh, okay. I, and, and and liked it but i i you got it takes a minute for me to get around to that 
Yeah. She um, did take me to that Cronenberg kids movie. The uh, uh, <laughs> what, what was that one? Yeah, I tried to process it, but I get impatient with horror or fantasy. I'm like, where are we going with this? What's happening? Can we get some closure? I don't, don't love thrillers. You know, like it makes me anxious. Oh, okay. But I'll watch it. Okay. So you don't love it either, but you're in. <laughs> I didn't say that, Mark. No, the the, the 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 genre, I'm saying. You don't find yourself at a lot of horror movies. Right? Um, I mean, I, it's, it, it wasn't as um, gory right. as, as I was imagining it could be. Right. Um, but I wanted to work on it to work with Mark Mylod because yeah. he did Succession. Yeah, it's and, great, yeah. Was that good? Um, good experience? Yeah, he's really great. Um, Can't wait for the uh, Succession, at the third new season. Yeah. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Yeah, same. I I think I spent most of the time on set trying to like get stories from uh, Succession. Really? You tried to get him to tell you details of the new season? <laughs> yeah, he's like pretty actually. Uh, he's he's pretty open, open about, about it. it yeah. Oh, so you know, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh my god! What are you doing with the Orgos Lanthimos? I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to say that. You okay. said nothing. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with the Orgos Lanthimos? What is that? That guy's. I've interviewed him. Oh yeah. Yeah, and his movies are like daunting but amazing I'm, I'm sort of fascinated with him uh did you did you feel like he gave you any concrete answers about kind of any- yeah and we actually uh you know ended up uh, having dinner in uh where was it? he was in england was it, it must have been england right because uh, i i'm trying to remember i i because we we socialized afterwards and it was kind of nice um but yeah i mean as concrete as those guys are going to get, guys who do that. <laughs> as those guys, yeah. <laughs> well, they don't. I don't think they necessarily know. I don't yeah. think they have the answers that yeah. you want. They're they're possessed by something mm-hmm. and they commit to it. Is it was is this one kind of out there or what? What's it called? And it's called and. Yeah. Um, is it done? It's done. Yeah, we shot it in New Orleans actually. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Did you understand what you were doing? Uh, not really, but it wasn't. <laughs> It's not necessary uh-huh. I, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just want to work with the people. It doesn't yeah. really... Um, was it a good experience? But the script was funny. Like, I read the script and it yeah. was... Um, Jesse Plemons is in the movie and... Um, <laughs> yeah. And we, it's... I guess I can say this. So it's, sure. it's three short stories. Okay. And we play different characters in each one. Oh. So the same actors play different characters. Well, that sounds like an engaging yeah. uh, creative process. Yes. Um, so it's uh, Emma Stone and oh. Jesse Plemons and Willem Dafoe, Margaret Qualley, um, Joe Allen and me. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good cast. And that's, some, that's some heavy actors, man. Yeah. Right. But I, I asked uh, Jesse, I was like, so <laughs> what? we were asking each other, so what do you think about the script? Because, you know, we, you, you're all trying to see what the other person thinks and, uh-huh. and piece things together. And uh, I said, I was going to try to reread the script and figure out what the themes connecting the three stories were. But then I just kind of gave up and he was like, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Well, good. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see what happens for yeah. you in, at the big party where they give away the toy. And, uh, and also, we're, we're, we'll do some outreach to the, um, to the Asian... Uh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> what is that organization called? Just, no, no. What, what is that? What was I don't it? know. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> you don't, now you don't know. Great talking to you. <laughs> Thank you.
That was a good conversation, right? And somebody invite her to a party. Uh, again, Hong Chao is nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars for her performance in The Whale. Also, The Menu is streaming on HBO Max. Hang out for a minute, will ya? Hey, if you've been following the different series we've been doing on The Full Marin, you've heard us talk about the days of Morning Sedition, my old radio show on Air America. This week, we've got Dan Pashman, one of my old producers and now a podcast host in his own right. We used to sit around and talk about food a lot, and now Dan has turned that into a career. How's the uh, pasta you invented doing? Uh, it's it's that's very exciting. It's like it's it's in twenty five hundred stores around America. How much do you make money off of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not it's it's still like less than I make from the podcast. Pasta but residuals aren't great. They're good, they're but good. yeah, but they're like it's it's cool. It's like it's more than I expected to make. Sure, but it's like it's now established. What's it called? The style of pasta? It's called Cascatelli. Cascatelli, and who manufactures the that? main? The, the the original one is made by a company called Sfolini. S F O G L I N I. There's several companies manufacturing your pasta. So. Uh, uh, there's a version at Trader Joe's um, that's like uh, generic. It doesn't have my name or anything on it, um, but that's there. Uh, it's not made by Sfolini. It's not the same, um, but it's like half the but price. But it's your design? Good. Yeah, same concept, same design. And then there's a, a gluten-free version made from chickpeas made by Bonza that's in Whole Foods nationwide. Nissal, you're is you on the name? Do you get credit on that one? On that one, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is yeah. it on the package? Yeah, it's, it's got like a little Sporkful logo and stuff. Oh, a Sporkful and, logo, like designed by Dan Pash. Yeah, yeah, basically. Ah. So it's it's been exciting. Yeah, I mean, do you like, have any more pasta designs on the? I launched two new shapes actually, um, which I <laughs> th these two new ones I didn't invent. Yeah, they're obscure Italian shapes, and I teamed up with Fellini to produce them. They're not they're they're difficult, if not impossible, to find in America. Which what are those called? One is called Vesuvio, like Mount Vesuvius, yeah. and one is called Quattratini. Oh, wow. To hear more Pashman in the latest installment of Good Morning Geniuses, The Oral History of Morning Sedition, subscribe to The Full Marin. Just click on the link in the episode description or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF+. Brendan and Chris will be back tomorrow on The Full Marin for the Friday show with a guest, Aubrey Edwards, a classically trained ballet dancer turned referee. And of course, Full Marin subscribers get every episode ad-free. Next week here on the podcast, on Monday, we have comedian Ronnie Chang and on Thursday, director Bobby Farrelly. Here we go. This is a real song.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere.